This is the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, March 24th. I'm Samantha Sherris, and joining today's show is Haya Rachik. She's the creator of Libs of TikTok, and she joins us to discuss what she thinks has contributed to her Twitter page's success over the last two and a half years, the most outrageous video she's ever seen on TikTok, and her response to people who say she's anti-LGBTQ. We'll get to my conversation with Haya right after this. For over 35 years, the Heritage Foundation Job Bank has been helping conservatives at all professional levels find employment in key positions in Washington, D.C. and across the country. We can help you connect with positions in the administration, on Capitol Hill, in public policy organizations, and in the private sector. To learn more about the Heritage Foundation Job Bank, go to heritage.org slash job dash bank. Hi, Rachik is joining today's show. She's the creator of Libs of TikTok and the author of the children's book, No More Secrets, The Candy Cavern. Thanks for joining us. Hi, it's great to be here. Now, before we get any further, can you remind our audience members what Libs of TikTok is and why you started it? Yeah, so basically Libs of TikTok now um, just focuses on protecting childhood innocence. So I just basically expose the far left agenda um, that is coming after our children to sexualize them, to confuse them about their identity um, and, you know, to steal childhood innocence. So that's what Libs of TikTok does basically every single day. I just curate content. Um, I research stories and I expose that across every institution. So our schools, um, colleges, hospitals, doctor's offices, um, companies. So um, basically across America. Um, and how it started was really during COVID, um, I stumbled on TikTok, right? So, you know, the world was turned upside down, obviously. And and then I started seeing all of this, like, really bizarre content. And originally it was just... Um, it was just the sort of COVID themed stuff because mm-hmm. um, I thought those videos were really entertaining and they were really funny. So I was like, oh, I'll take these videos, post it to Twitter. Um, and I just thought it was, you know, it was like a fun hobby. And then while being on TikTok, I stumbled across the other uh, part of it, which was all of the predators, activists, groomers um, who were basically targeting kids on TikTok to sexualize them. Um, and, you know, the whole, you know, um, radical gender ideology being spread on TikTok, uh, the anti-American sentiments being spread there. So I basically sort of that's when Lives of TikTok became my, the mission um, to protect children. And earlier this week, you were actually supposed to hold a book event in New York City with your publisher, but it was canceled. Uh, what happened there? So I uh, posted a story about how the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, was ho- holding a drag story hour together with a number of other elected officials so our tax dollars are actually funding the sexualization of our kids um and i was like you know let me post a let me hold a a counter event which is um a story hour for kids uh that is not you know about sexualizing kids or confusing them about their gender um with my new book so we announced that it was going to be down the street from hers at the same time 
Um, and then we had a, a team of online security experts uh, sort of look out for any chatter about my event. And they had recommended that we cancel it because they were seeing a lot of talk of uh, violent threats wow. uh, in addition to people threatening to come dressed up inappropriately and distribute inappropriate materials to kids so you know they felt that you know we had to we had to cancel it to protect the the children that that were that would have come wow and and you just brought up you know violent threats have you personally ever been threatened oh yeah i've had to file a few police reports from threats that that i've received and that's really part of the reason why i was anonymous Mm -hmm. um to begin with um, because as I started exposing all this stuff, you know, the left started coming after me and, and their reaction is not something that I ever expected. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw that, the backlash and the way that they, they just wanted to silence me um, in any way they can, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to stay anonymous, mm-hmm. um, you know, because this is actually pretty scary. Um, but then, of course, you know, I was docs, so my name was shared and I couldn't really be anonymous anymore. Um, but I think at this point, I view it as sort of a compliment. If you're not getting attacked, uh, whether, you know, that's in the tr- in, in the form of, of, of death threats or, or just in the form of name calling, harassment, um, insulting, bullying. Um, if you're not if you're not being the victim of any of that on the right, then I think you're doing something wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. What were I'm, I'm curious, like, what were the nature of the threats? And like, did you ever feel like you were in like immediate danger? Um, so the only, the only time I felt like I was in immediate danger mm-hmm. was the day I was doxxed. Okay, um, yeah. so I went into hiding. There was actually one other time where the left pushed this narrative that I was somehow responsible for, for bomb threats. Wow. And, um, so there was two times that I actually was scared for my safety and I went into hiding. But on a day-to-day basis, um, I'm not afraid. Um, I'm not going to cower. I'm not going to be afraid because that's their whole goal, right? Mm-hmm. They they use it. They use fear as a weapon to silence their opponents. So, um, you know, they're trying to, and and that's really what they did with the doxing, right? They were trying to intimidate me and scare me into silence, um, and it's just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to cower. I'm not going to give in to them. Um, I'm going to keep fighting, and they can call me any names they want. They can send me death threats. They can do whatever they want. I'm taking the precautions I have to on my end, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's not going to stop me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit more about just the growth and reach you've had on Twitter. You have you know two million followers as of this recording. Uh, as you mentioned, you started during COVID, so about like two and a half. two and a half years ago or so. Um, What do you think has contributed to your page's success uh, since you started? So the page started actually a little less than two years ago. And it, I think that the content was just so absolutely shocking Mm -hmm. to Americans. And and we're also in we were in the midst of this sort of uh, argument with the left where, you know, we're saying, look, they're teaching um, critical race theory and gender ideology to in schools and um, they're they're having these really sexually explicit shows. Um, and the left is saying, you know, that's not happening. You're making it up. You're a conspiracy theorist. 
and 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 also the gender affirming care is what they call it. You know, we're like, look, they're they're chopping off the breasts of of physically healthy teenagers. They're giving kids puberty suppressants, which are irreversible and which damage them for the rest of their life. And the left is like, no, that's not happening. So so we're in this fight of words, right? And I think that what I was able to do with lives of TikTok was to come and show the first hand evidence that actually like this is happening and it's it's indisputable, right? They they can't defend it because you have a teacher who's openly bragging about doing those things that the left is saying is is not happening and they can't justify it they can't defend it anymore they can't deny it so um i so i think that lives of tiktok i think that's one of the reasons why it was so effective because i was able to come and show all of this evidence like they're teaching critical race theory k-12 they're teaching gender ideology they're they're purposely confusing students about their gender in elementary schools um, they are giving minors sex change operations. Um, they're giving kids puberty blockers. They're giving kids um, cross-sex hormones. All of these really harmful things um, that that the left would you know like to say and pretend is not happening. Um, and I was able to prove it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to also ask what the most outrageous video that you've come across, or maybe like top two most outrageous videos. So. My number one that I always go to, and it has a little bit of a happy ending, um, <laughs> is there's a video of a, I mean, the kid looks about four, and she's basically holding the hand of a stripper, wow. and they're walking down, I guess, you know, the the area where the stripper performed, and there's adults on both sides, like, clapping and laughing along, and, um, I mean, it's just, it's absolutely shocking. It's, it's, a, it's a shocking video. Mm-hmm. And because because we moved beyond, you know, the drag and the sexualized performances and they're actually bringing kids to to stripper shows now. So that's a whole new level. Totally Mm -hmm. inappropriate. I mean, this is not even it's not even debatable. Mm -hmm. This is not even like a partisan issue. It's like stripper shows for kids is inappropriate. Um, And I think that video is definitely the the top most insane video I've ever seen. Unfortunately for the venue, it was in Florida, and DeSantis was not going to have any of that garbage, mm-hmm. so they actually lost their liquor license. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, was a, it was a bar, and DeSantis went after them. They lost their liquor license. So there's a little bit of a happy ending, mm-hmm. um, but I think that would have to be number one. Okay. And also, like, how do you get through watching these videos? Like, you've posted so many videos. I'm sure you've screened a lot of videos that you have posted, obviously. So, like, how do you get through watching them? I'll, I mean, I'll admit, it's tough sometimes. Yeah. Like, there are days when I'm like, I just cannot look at these videos anymore. It is so sad and dark and depressing. And I have to go into into the depths of this depravity every mm-hmm. single day. Um, and, and, I mean... I only I choose what to post, but the videos yeah. I actually go through and sift through is there's a lot more content there that I that I have to go through, and I think you know what keeps me motivated is just the knowledge that what I'm doing is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have a moral obligation to continue because we have to we have to expose this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a harmful agenda that is affecting our children and we just have to keep exposing Mm -hmm. it and stop it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get your thoughts on this insider article that says, you know, some of your content focuses on anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. What's your response to people who say that you're anti-LGBTQ? 
So I think, and I mentioned this earlier, mm-hmm. um, one of the weapons that the left uses to sort of paint their opponents um, in a negative way or to even try to silence them, to censor them, is to do you know name-calling, slurs, and harassment campaigns. So I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, and... Look, you can call me whatever you want. Call me whatever name you want. Call me whatever slur you want. It's not it. The, it doesn't have any basis in reality, and mm-hmm. it's not going to stop me. It's yeah. not going to slow me down. It's not going to scare me. So that's just to me. That's just noise. Um, and you know, you know, it's. I mean, is it defamatory? Uh, possibly. Um, but you know, I just don't really pay any t- attention to that. Mm-hmm. And as we've been talking about, you've been able to unearth so many videos what have you been hearing from parents or even teachers about what you've been able to expose through your videos i have messages every single day from very thankful parents and and especially a parent who maybe sent me something from their kid's school and was Mm -hmm. like can you please help me expose this and they're just so thankful that i'm shining a light um, because you know even if i don't directly impact uh, the school where their kid is, they know that because of the work that I've done, there is a more concentrated um, effort and, you know, people are sort of more looking out for what's going on in the schools. Mm -hmm. So I think we're seeing an impact across all schools, you know, not just the ones. And, you know, I've gotten a couple teachers fired. We've gotten porn removed from libraries. We've had schools have to change their curriculums, Mm -hmm. thanks to the work I've done. And and it's all great and everything, but I think on a larger scale, um, it was just sort of a catalyst for focusing on the problems in education across the country. Mm-hmm. So so parents are, are super grateful. And I'm just I'm very humbled when I receive those messages that I'm able to be in this position and to help so mm-hmm. many people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, as I mentioned, so many followers on Twitter, and you're really exposing so many, you know, various videos that we're getting from all over the country. Would you consider yourself a journalist based on the work that you're doing? Yes, I am absolutely a journalist. Um, I think that I talk about topics that are important to the national Mm -hmm. conversation. Um, I do research and I investigate and I put out content that people want to see. So yes, I would absolutely consider myself a journalist. Mm -hmm. And your um, your page is on Twitter for our listeners uh, if they want to check it out. Libs of TikTok on Twitter. Uh, have you ever been censored by social media before? So I got permanently banned from TikTok, and I was also permanently banned from Facebook and Instagram, who both later uh, reversed that mm-hmm. after a lot of backlash. And Twitter itself temporarily suspended me about seven or eight times. Um, And then, thank God, never permanently. But it's interesting because then when we had all the Twitter files, Mm -hmm. um, something, you know, this interesting memo came out where the Twitter employees basically admitted that I wasn't violating the rules. And I knew I wasn't violating the rules. Mm -hmm. I was very careful not to violate the rules. The last thing I wanted was to lose my Twitter account. Um, And it was so validating to see that. And it just shows how terrified they are of their own views and opinions because that's all I'm doing. I'm sharing mm-hmm. their own, their own, their own videos, their own content, and they just can't handle seeing it. You know, they mm-hmm. want to live in their little bubble where everybody agrees with them. So um, yeah, so I've definitely been censored a lot, and I think, like I said, it's a compliment. Mm-hmm. Like it just means that I'm on, to, I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. 
just a few more questions. Um, I mentioned earlier that you have a new children's book, and I just wanted to give you the opportunity to tell our audience about it and, you know, why you wrote it. Yeah, so I spent about two years basically exposing this agenda and exposing the sexualization of our children. And I decided that it's time not just to keep exposing it, but to actually give parents and children a tool that they can use to combat it. Mm -hmm. So my book basically uh, teaches um, about having a trusting relationship between parents and children um, and having a strong family unit. And um, and I, ho I think that it could actually help a lot of children. Um, so one, so one of the first steps of a predator is to sever the parent-child relationship, mm -hmm. um, and to cut out the parent, um, so they could isolate the child and prey on them. And, um, and we're seeing this now with a lot of like trusted adults, right? So, so a teacher, a doctor, a, a, a social worker, um, even a relative, um, so that you have these trusted adults in all of these positions of authority or power over children. And there actually might be predators. And my book basically teaches that, you know, if a trusted adult tells a kid, uh, you know, don't tell your parents this. We can mm -hmm. keep this a secret from them. This is just between us. The kids should know that that is a red flag. That's mm -hmm. predatory behavior. And they'll, they'll, they, they could go to their parent with that information and, you know, hopefully not fall into the trap of, of being groomed or being preyed upon. Mm -hmm. um, and the way to do that, obviously, is to have a sh the trusting relationship between mm -hmm. parents and children. So it's a really great tool. Um, it's available on lottbook.com or on Amazon. Perfect. And I also wanted to give you the chance to tell our audience members if they have something going on at their school that they want you to potentially expose, how can they get in contact with you? Yes, I am always open to submissions. Um, I would I want to help as many people as I can. So if you and, and, and the thing is that if you see something, you have to say something mm -hmm. because otherwise, you know, it's just going to keep going on. So if you see something in your kid's school or in your community, um, please send it over. You can DM it to me on Twitter. My DMs are open or email submissions at livesoftiktok.com. Um, and we do check those. Awesome. Well, just one final question. We're, you know, having this conversation right after there was a hearing uh, on TikTok and there's been these bipartisan pushes to ban the app. Um, I know you get a lot of your content from TikTok, obviously lives of TikTok. So, you know, if this app were to be banned, um, how would you, you know, continue to expose kind of the craziness that you've been able to over the last uh, few years? Yeah. So at this point, the TikToks are probably about half the content. So okay. there's a lot of other stuff that I'm exposing. Um, and in addition, I mean, most of these, the, a lot of the, the, the LGBTQ activists mm -hmm. on TikTok, they also are on Instagram okay. and they're on Facebook and they have YouTube channels. So I'm going to, my goal is to expose the agenda targeting our children to tear mm -hmm. down our childhood innocence. So I'll do that on whatever platform is available. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Daily Signals interview edition. Make sure you subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great Friday, and we'll be back with you all this afternoon for top news. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. 
Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.